top of the time. This is tea time. Making a difference. One cup at a time. So be sure to grab your tea, grab a seat, and tune in to Miss Liz. Tea time. Making a difference. One cup at a time. Welcome, everybody, to evening tea time. That is right. We are on the last tea time for this week. And then we have three more for November, and then we're wrapping it up into December. If you haven't seen, Miss Liz has posted December's last seven guests. That's right. We only have seven, and then we're going to be jumping into the reunion show. So all the guests that have been on tea time in season one, two, three, and four will be invited back for the reunion show in December. So stay tuned for more on that. But tonight I have the incredible Jim Price in studio and oh my goodness, his books. If you're a children's book lover like Miss Liz is, you want to go and grab these books. I'm telling you, Christmas time is coming. The perfect time to go shopping and grab from my guests because all my guests have incredible children's books. They have incredible pajamas. They have movies. They have clothing lines and all of that good stuff. But Jim is going to be joining us tonight. We're going to be talking about social skills. So something we don't really talk about, right? Life skills and all of that good stuff that kids learn, but you learn through Jim's books. So we're going to get the disclaimer out there. We're going to get the bio and we're going to get Jim in here, in here and he's going to spill a good TEA because Miss Liz doesn't do gossip tea. We do teaching educational awareness. That's right. We switch it up. We do it different in this house. So the disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time Live Show. Miss Liz myself is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, it may bring forward dialogues <coughs> and opinions that are not representative of, of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, uh, discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. 
Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in tonight's show in any way, Miss Liz welcomes you. And should you choose at the show at this time that the show is not made for you, I respect those wishes and we'll see you at a later show at a later date and time. And again, all tea times this year are done on Thursday, 10, 3, and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If it's not a Thursday and you see a tea time, it's a rescheduled or a surprise tea because that's just how my guests roll. They like to come back for a second tea sometimes. So now a little bit on Jim. While Jim Price is a children's book author and creator of the beloved Adventures of Harold from the Hood, children's social skills series for kindergarten through sixth grade, Jim mentors the youth through his work as a social counselor for a public school system. Jim is also a doctorate candidate at Americans International College. Jim's children's social skills series has been featured on CB CBS, Los Angeles, Fox, Seattle, ABC, New York, Studio 17 Live, San Diego, and The Morning Show inside South Florida. Jim has also done work with Kids Lit TV and does speaking engagements, webinars, and professional development training around his program of children's learning social skills through literacy. Jim continues to fulfill his purpose of inspiring youths worldwide as his series has connected families and educators across the U.S. and other countries throughout building a culture of reading. So let me get Jim in here and he can spill some tea with us. Let me get him in here. Welcome, Jim. Thank you for having me, Miss Liz. And it's a pleasure and a blessing to be here on the tea today. As I, we were talking in the back a little bit, and I was like, oh, everybody's saying happy Thanksgiving. Now, I can't really say, I can say happy Thanksgiving, but I, you know, it's kind of different. I, I just, you know, learned that today, as a matter of fact. Well, that's the way it is, right? We all learn from each other. And sometimes you think, oh, well, they're celebrating too over there. And we're like, oh, no, we did that in October. <laughs> We got our turkey early. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I definitely had mine earlier today, too. I said I was saying to myself, I can't eat too much because I got to be prepared. I can't, you know, and I was kind of eating and eating and eating. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, time was going by. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I got to uh, slow down a little bit. <laughs> right. If you eat too much of that turkey, then you just want to sleep after. That's that bird just stuffs you. And you're like, oh, it's bedtime. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how I was feeling too. I said, "Oh, let me slow down here." But all the food was good. Everybody cooked good. I had a wonderful time with family and friends and stuff like that that I hadn't seen in a while. So um, that was just a blessing in itself to be having the the opportunity to, to um, fellowship with um, family and friends like that. Oh well, that's awesome. I'm so glad when people can get together and have those moments, right? And sometimes that's the only time you see family is during yeah. holidays. So it's really mm -hmm. nice when people get together. So, Jim, mm -hmm. I'm going to start and I'm going to take you back because you write children's books. So I'm going to take you back to the little boy that Jim was. So mm -hmm. who was Jim as a little guy and who is Jim now? So I think um, as a little guy, I think I was very inquisitive and, and always kind of curious about things and stuff like that. But I also was a kind of like a, uh, you know, people are movie buffs. So I was a cartoon buff. Like the people say, oh, yeah, I'm a movie buff. I love movies. Well, I, when I was a kid, I was a cartoon buff, and I couldn't get enough of all the cartoons from Hanna-Barbera, um, Looney Tunes. I mean, all the different cartoons, I would watch them and everything, and I was always enthralled and intrigued by um, all the cartoons and how, how they, you know, had their heroes and, um, you know, who are saving the day and things of that nature, you know, the villains that play their role. And um, I think as a little guy, you know, I, I 
grew up inspired by the way the art, the art of cartoons and things of that nature. And then as I got older, because um, I actually used to be a pretty good drawer myself. I did art myself when I was a kid. I used to draw a lot. Um, but as I got older, of course, I kind of got out of the drawing. And then as I got older, older, it's like, you know, I, I began to have a new a new take on, you know, cartoons, especially with my 12-year-old daughter, because now today's cartoons are so much different from the cartoons back then and everything. So um, my daughter, I watch cartoons with her, and I mean, it's just different. <laughs> it's just <laughs> It is different, right? And if yeah. you got, if you ever tried getting your daughter to watch the cartoons that you watched, I I have. I, I actually, you know what? One of the cartoons that I would have her watch with me it was Tom and Jerry. That was one of the first cartoons that we watched together when she was like a baby, baby. Um, I would have her watch Tom and Jerry, and she would always be like enthralled at how I guess the Tom was always trying to get after Jerry. <laughs> When you think of those old cartoons, right? Like Looney Tunes, that kind of gives our ages away here. But, you know, it made it fun. Yeah. There was a storyline behind it. I find that today's cartoons, are, the storyline is missing. Yeah. It's I told. More, more of the graphics and everything, right? There's no storyline to it. Like Tom and Jerry, we knew why Tom and Jerry were always at, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it's just like Pinky. Um, oh, yeah. Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. We knew the storyline. There was a storyline mm -hmm. built up. I find today's stories with the cartoons is they're, they're not leading you into the story to understand the characters. Yeah. So yeah. you're just putting it on. You're enjoying the cartoon and the, the colors, and, and but the story to understand who they are and why they're doing this and why they don't play with this one and that one. And they're taking all the old cartoons away from us. Yeah. Like, I want to get into this, Jim, because you were born in the same location as Dr. Zeus. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Springfield, Mass., and that's the same city as Dr. Zeus um, was born and raised. So when he talks about Mulberry Street, I passed by Mulberry Street probably millions of times um, because I lived in the city, grew up in the city and things like that. So um, that's another thing I think that's interesting about my journey is I've always felt that Dr. Seuss was definitely a pioneer in the children's book um, literacy world. And so um, I would grow up listening or reading, having, you know, having read and reading his, his material and stuff like that, his children's books. And I always found it interesting how he always made things kind of have this rhythm, rhyme and flow to it. And I think for me, it just resonated in such a way where I kind of incorporate kind of that element too with my books where I have kind of try to have like a rhythm and rhyme and flow to it kind of similar to how he did. And it's just ironic that we were born and raised in the same city. He's Dr. Seuss. And um, hopefully in a couple of days, I'll be Dr. Price because I, I do have my dissertation defense on Monday. So I'm hoping that'll go well too. But I mean, it's it's just an interesting thing to have, you know, when you see different generations and how they use their platform and inspire um, kids and families and communities and things of that nature. So, I mean, they just had a Dr. Seuss uh, celebration um, not too long ago at the Springfield Museum down here. And I was fortunate to be a part of that uh, that event a little bit and be able to share some of my books and share with the families and communities too. I just think it's really cool that you were, you know, in the same area as Dr. Zeus and then you're writing children's books. So I think it's like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, that's got to be Jim's mentor. Like, that's got to be like his role model. Like, this is where I learned how to do it. Like, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So 
I read a little bit of the books, like the little reviews and stuff on Harold. So how did you come about starting your books, Jim? And how did you get the character of Harold? So, I mean, originally it was, um, my story started years ago. I, of course, I do school count. I'm a school counselor. So um, probably back in 2012, I was working at a private school where we had um, behavioral kids there and I was doing elementary. So I had to do like social skills with those kids and sometimes it would be hard for them to focus and things like that. So one day I decided to change up my approach and I actually um, utilized like this little snail puppet and it was a you know, it was snail puppet. And then I, I was like, what am I going to name this thing? What am I going to name Because it's got to have a name that the kids could probably relate to or something that would keep them gravitated to it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to call the snail Harold from the hood. And <laughs> I love Harold from the Hood. I think it's like, you know, like, it's just like the cool snail, man. Like, you just want to hang out with Harold. And if you, nobody has seen Harold, go and check out these books. Because I'm telling you, Harold, he's a cutie, man. I would date him if I was a snail. <laughs> I mean, those kids definitely loved it. And they it helped them pay attention to the social lesson and things. So I was able to get through that. And then years later, when the pandemic happened and everything and everything was shut down and we were all at home, um, it came to me as like, maybe I could turn this into like a social skills kind of thing since I'm already in school as a counselor and I see kids day in and day out. Like I'm in the trenches to see the, you know, what's going on in terms of their schooling and academics and uh, behaviors and all the things that entail them trying to navigate their day and stuff in the school and in community too. And I said, okay, maybe I can make this into like a social skill kind of story thing. So um, I end up fleshing out what would become the first book um, a trip to the park. And that was based on, you know, accepting other differences, diversity, and inclusion, and things of that nature, where, you know, Harold goes through the rigor of trying to find a friend to play with at the park, but a lot of the friends don't want to play with him because he's a snail and he's different and all that stuff. But eventually, you know, he does come through to, you know, be able to find a, somebody who didn't care that he was a snail and that he was different. They just want to be like kids do, but kids want to play. They just want to play. So um, all my books carry a message within them um, about diversity and inclusion and things of that nature and getting along, accepting others' differences. So after I fleshed out the first book and everything got it published, I was like, okay, you know, um, I was happy and content. And I think the main character actually had elements of myself because back in the day when I was in high school, I actually had a high top fade um, and everything. So Harold has a high top fade. And of course, Harold has the glasses like me too. Harold's a cutie, man. <laughs> So there's elements of me in there too, you know what I mean? And I think it's just been um, purposeful to, to have elements of myself in the main character, but also be able to provide a message about uplifting others and accepting others' differences as well. I, I think that's what I really liked about your collection, Jim, was because it's the difference, right? Because Miss Liz is big on making a difference by being different, by being your unique self. You know, mm -hmm. where everyone is trying to be this follower or you know, follow the trend. And I'm like, ah, the trend's over there. Miss Liz is over here. Don't even try and come and get me because I'm not following that stuff over here. Like I want to be the cool kid, like hanging with Harold. And I kind of like that you brought Harold in to you because yeah. when you really look at Harold, now I'm looking at you, Jim, and I'm saying, <laughs> oh yeah, you add that. Oh yeah. The time. Oh yeah. That is, that is Jim. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to tie it right in. I said, hey, if I'm going to have the main character, I want him to at least have be a reflection of 
elements of myself as well. So I think it kind of worked out well that uh, I was able to do that, incorporate those ideas and, and you know, bring it fruitation where, you know, now um, this it's become from one book into a series now. So I'm just tremendously blessed in that way. <laughs> so did you draw Harold? No, actually my publisher, um, um, Carradine Publishing, um, helped me with the illustrations. I had to actually flesh out, because, you know, I used to draw too. So I had to like, kind of flesh out and draw ideas about how I wanted the characters to be um, visually. And then I was able to have those ideas that I, you know, put about incorporated into the characters. Um, so it could fit the vision of what I was seeing. And of course, I wanted to, the, uh, the book series to be colorful and vibrant too. So, you know, kids could gravitate toward it. So it's not just about the social lesson, but it's also about art, the art form, you know, getting back to the roots of back in the day cartoons and things of that nature. Because, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm a cartoon buff and I always want to incorporate a lot of those elements into all the work that I do in terms of my books too. Yeah. Because that's what I found when I, just a cover, it reminds me of the old cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he went back. Yeah. He did that. He went back. <laughs> that was deliberately, purposely done. Because I, I definitely always wanted to pay homage to all the old cartoons and stuff too. Like even when the, uh, the animated um, stuff comes about, I'm, I'm going to use, that's going to be paying homage to the, a lot of the old um, cartoons too that I grew up watching and stuff like that. So you also turned turned your books into coloring books, correct? Oh yes, yes. Um, the first and second book are actually coloring books. I was thinking of that, and then I was like, you know what? I should have probably put together like an activity book, um, which I've been putting on the back burner, kind of. But I, I mean, you see a lot of the kids, and they, you know, have elements where they're learning social skills, but having like a social skills kind of activity book um, to go along with the coloring books have been something that I've been thinking in the backdrop that I would probably try to at some point, uh, put on my plate and try to get that involved, involved with that as well. So Jim, we have a question here. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm guessing this person is from a different country. They want to know what social skills is. Well, social skills are the building blocks for how we interact, um, how we express our emotions and feelings and thoughts and everything. And also is a reflection of how we respond to those social interactions that we have with others. So when you talk about social skills, we're talking about um, how we open ourselves up to those experiences of having dialogue, sharing dialogue with others, um, having other people express their feelings, opinions, and thoughts about other things. And not understanding also that you're not always going to agree on everything that's being said or expressed, but I mean, having an open, honest mind about being able to um, gravitate those, those different ideas and thoughts and concepts that may be different and out of the box from what we're comfortable with. Um, it's always so important and crucial. And I think that's where that element of, of, of social skills is just is so important, especially when you talk about um, the development of, of children when they're in that stage of development where they're, you know, learning about themselves and, and trying to understand their identity and learn their identity and things of that nature. Now, do you think by being a school counselor that that helped you? Absolutely. I mean, um, being a school counselor, of course, you know, I would have to do social skill groups and things of that nature. So um, not only am I 
talking about and being an advocate for social skills and things of that nature, but I'm actually being able to have the blessed opportunity to be able to teach skills to the youngsters and to the youth. I, I do um, sixth grade through eighth grade. I'm a middle school counselor. So they're right at that cusp where they're about to be in high school, but they just got out of elementary. So it's like, you know, they're still in the middle of trying to um, figure themselves out and, and understand their identity and, and also, you know, go through working through the changes that they're you know going through developmentally, uh, mentally, physically, and all that stuff. So I mean, all that stuff is so important. And I, I, I just so blessed to be able to uh, work with the youth and, and be able to inspire them and, and have them understand that they can be the best versions of themselves and love themselves and understand that they all are special. So as a mentor and a, a school counselor, how do you go into the schools and mentor the children? Do you do like presentations, webinars, workshops, or do you do that like with the adults? I do that with the adults with my program um, in terms of like my um, program about children learning social skills through literacy. Um, that's more the adult thing. And then with the children, um, I tend to do like virtual read out louds and things like that. Um, in person out in person, virtual read out louds, um, going to school districts and, and just having the experience of having the kids um, you know, hear me read the books and also be able to ask me questions and, and you know stuff like that. And plus, I have a puppet too that I utilize for the kids that I <laughs> that I use with the you kids. You got Harold the puppet, like seriously. I I have the oh my goodness! I gotta get me a Harold. <laughs> I have a puppet that was actually made. Um, um, that's a uh, Deborah Williams. She lives in Australia. She has a company in Australia. She actually um, helped put together the hero from the hood puppet. So like um, when we had a book sign event just not too long ago at one of our schools and everything, I actually did a puppet show for the kids. And so I had the puppet and I had, you know, going and they had a little, the little, uh, you know, the setup so I could, you know, put the curtains back and the kids were there. They loved it and everything. And um, so, I mean, it's about the experience too. You know, you want the kids to learn the lessons that they need to learn socially, but also make it something that's entertaining that they will hold their attention and something that they could be like, you know what, that's that's kind of cool, you know? You know, you read the book and then you actually see the puppet and see me doing my thing with the puppet. I mean, the kids seem like they really love that. And, and even with adults, I mean, you know, social skills are so important as well too. Well, who doesn't like a puppet show? I don't care how old you are. I, I, you know, Miss Liz, like, I like a puppet show. I went to a puppet show, I think the last time when my kids were small. My kids are all yeah. adults now. I think my son was eight or nine mm. the last time. And he's he's 30 now. So, yeah. <laughs> I could use a good puppet show. I'm going to give my age away here. <laughs> Yep, the kids definitely love that. I mean, that I, I that was actually the first time that last book event that we did. It was a community book event um, where a bunch of local authors came together and stuff there for a family community author event. That was the first time I actually utilized the puppet in the puppet show. And and I mean, the kids, I they definitely um, were entertained by that. <laughs> so, then, do you have puppets of all the characters in the story? Not as of now, right now we have the main character, Harold, as the puppet and everything. But I do what I did with the other characters. I made like a like paper uh, cutout kind of, uh, you know, that has the character on them. Oh, so okay. it's like, kind of I like just, a popsicle stick? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I can actually, <laughs> yeah. Get the glue sticks out, kids. We're going to make puppets. Right. <laughs> 
I used to I used to actually have like the kids as part of the social groups. I would do like little activities. And so um, one time I had I said, yeah, we're going to make some sock puppets today. And then sock puppets. What in the world? That's the kids. They don't know. Yeah, sock puppet. What's a sock puppet? And I would have them design it and put their little eyes, you know, and design it the way they want. Put the little stuff on it and then be, yeah, we're going to do sock puppets. And you know, they, yeah, Mr. Price, sock puppets. Like, <laughs> I think what you're doing is amazing because you're bringing the old school back, the old yeah. way of learning, right? Using. Yeah less is more you know like instead of all this fancy dancy glitter and shine you're saying bring a sock in yeah. you know bring a yeah. sock in let's make some sock puck yeah. like i'm just like you're you're taking me back to like a little kid here like i'm just like <laughs> i'm starting to lose as a host here i'm just like oh i want to go make a puppet <laughs> my son's probably gonna say to me mom what are you doing i'm making a sock puppet leave me alone <laughs> eyes in here my crafts are all in here I, i'm gonna make myself a sock puppet after we're done this yeah i think it's i think that would be cool Jim. yeah you know? it's activities and stuff you know activity the kids seem like they love activities too and i always try to have that be a part of the experience not just where i would do like a virtual read out loud but have them do some kind of um you know activity it's not it may be a big activity but something that you know correlates to what they just experienced with the book and stuff like that and i think that the kids they gravitate to that as well um with that in terms of like activities that are connected to the book in that way i got a bunch of people here laughing at me i'm 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 good with the laughs like i'm i'm literally gonna make me a puppet i'm gonna get i'm gonna get jim to make me a miss liz puppet <laughs> If you could turn me into a character, who would you turn me into out of all of the characters in your book? Who would Miss Liz play best? Let me see, because I have a plethora of characters. Now I'm up to probably like uh, at least seven characters. And that, that of course, is the, the stable of what, you know, all the lessons would. But, I mean, I've always, uh, Lily the Ladybug oh. is one of the characters. And I think maybe that would be, I mean, it would be Liz the Ladybug. Maybe that like, could be. I like it. Miss <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, I, I want to go back, Jim. You mentioned something that we don't do a lot of, and that's yeah. read out loud. Hmm. There was a story, I think it was called Story Time. It was on CBC or Kids Network in the 80s, where yeah. there was a read out loud. He would have a different children's book. I think that that's really amazing that you're bringing that back because. Reading out loud actually helps you learn your vocabulary a lot faster than just reading it silently, I've hmm. heard. So is that true? I do believe so. I seen they always say repetition makes you know practice and practice makes perfect and things of that nature. So I think especially when you think about it that way, it also changes up the experience too. Um, when you're having like a read aloud like that. I was fortunate, like I was um, you know, talking about I was fortunate to work with Kidlet TV and actually do a read aloud of my third book. And it was so cool. I had to you know, go went to New York City and, you know, we're in the studio and everything like that. And I'm not really, you know, I was still kind of finding my way about things. So I was like, oh, well, I didn't know really what to expect. And then after they did the read aloud, they actually put it together and did all the production and everything. It's like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. And now, you know, I 
pass that along as a research or a resource i should say for teachers and educators across the country and stuff but i think that in-person thing where you got that personal experience like you're actually there you're seeing the person read the book having that impersonal personal experience i think it just makes for such a great um, experience overall and stuff I, and i always feel like you know i like doing that I, I enjoy being like in front of the kids and having them be able to ask me those questions and stuff whatever it might be and, and be able to see me and say hey you know yeah he, this guy he's a regular guy <laughs> like he's, he's <laughs> this guy's a regular guy and he's we you all know, we're we're enjoying our experience with harold well, it reminds me of when we, when I went to school, the librarian, we would go to the library to pick up a book and the librarian would always read out loud a story. She would pick mm. out a story and she would read it. And then we would go and pick a book yeah. that we would like. Right. And I think that that's where I'm getting like the old school, like you're bringing mm. the old school back of what they used to, because now I know that there's no more librarians. You just go in, you take your book, you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think we should bring all these things back, like sock puppets, librarians, read out loud. <laughs> like, I think we just need to do time travel, go back. You know, sometimes going back is good, guys. It's not always a heavy, hard time, right? Yeah. So, uh, I want to get into the activity books. You said you haven't done them yet? No, I'm planning on doing them right now. I just have the coloring books, but I, I am planning on doing like activity books that will have be um, built around like social skill lessons and stuff like that but it'll be activities within the activity book that will um you know give kids a chance to be able to learn and actually you know do kind of like arts and crafts and things of that nature little puzzles and games and stuff things that you know kids gravitate to we gotta hang man i can go where dr seuss is right i gotta hang i gotta hang with the hood harold in the hood i gotta get in the hood I, I just love the name and I think he's really adorable. Like, you know, he's got this character. Now I did notice basketball. Yes. And I did some research on you, Jim. You, oh, just, okay. got put, you just got put into the sports hall of fame for basketball. Yes. In, 20, in 2017. Yeah. So does Harold have some basketball skills? I mean, I would hope he does, because <laughs> I, you know, the elements of me are in him and everything. And I mean, that I think that was one of the things playing sports growing up. It always teaches you about teamwork, working together with others, um, camaraderie, um, you know, putting together a common goal, a common goal, and achieving goals and things like that. And understanding that you know everybody pays a part on the team in order to achieve that goal, of winning and stuff like that. But also understanding that losing is a part of it too. And I mean, when you can understand that, sometimes kids, even the kids that I work with, um, will do little things. And I'm, I call myself the Uno King, the card game Uno King. I say, I'm the king of Uno. I'm the king of Uno. So they'll play me. And then, um, <laughs> I, I I let them win sometime, but then other times I said, "Hey, they got to learn the agony of defeat too. They they, they got to learn." And then um, they get a kick out of it because I, after we play, um, I have like a little bag and it's I cut out L's like letter L's for losses, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I just won here. Take this L and I write the pass. <laughs> Give the here, here's your pass back to class." <laughs> And then they're like, I don't want to give this to my teacher. Yeah, take this L. Yep, it's got the pass on it. That's your pass back to class. <laughs> but I think that's deeply important, Jim, that you teach them that they have to lose sometimes in life, right? Because if yeah. you just let everybody win all the time, they're not learning anything. And yeah. you have to teach children that it's okay to fail. It's mm -hmm. okay to lose. You know, 
it gives them that courage to fight and try harder and think, mm. you know, next time i got this like yeah do this and then if not well then they get another l right yeah i go in that bag and pull out that paper l and write the pad hey back to class time you know date everything here here you go put it in your pocket put it in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> so jim i want to ask you did somebody in your family teach you how to do all of these little cute little pranks and twists and turns like like <laughs> Do you get it from your mom, from your dad, from your brothers, like from the hood? Like, well, I mean, all the a lot of the, I think one of the things is a lot of my family members, of course, are very comical. I will always say, like, to a lot of my family, some girl, I said, you know, if some of these family members could get an HBO special, they would be hits like the community and certain the comic level and stuff like that. So, I mean, my family, all of us, a lot of my friends, we've always been comical in that way. And a lot of the stuff I kind of just come up on the fly and kind of just, it just, you know, it just kind of works, I guess. You know what I mean? Of course, the students, you know, they find it entertaining and stuff. Yeah, he, Mr. Price just gave you an L. He cut out a paper L and gave it to you after you lost to him and Uno. But, you know, they get a kick out of that. You know what I mean? It's like uh, entertainment but also teaching a lesson, you know what I mean? Where they um, understand that, hey, you know, losing is a part of things. And sometimes even with academics, like, you know, they have to do things they don't want to do. Sometimes they'll tell me, hey, I'm, I don't want to go to class. I don't want to do my math. And I'm like, sometimes I don't like to pay. I don't like to always pay bills. But I mean, I have to. I mean, I give them examples of that. If I don't pay the light bill, I'll be in the dark. You know, if I don't pay the yeah. cell phone bill, I won't be using my phone. So I, I kind of use it in a way of, saying, you know, sometimes you have to do the things that we don't always enjoy doing, um, but especially in the academic world, I mean, those are things that are going to be the building blocks for your future. So, I mean, you have to get in there and, and get that work done. <laughs> so, Jim, do you feel that the schools are teaching enough social skills to the children today? I think there could be a lot of more work done. I mean, um, our, our district is kind of unique because we have uh, layers of of that where, you know, like we do like a, what's called social emotional learning um, curriculum that's for the students on top of what they would get from me as a counselor, um, getting social skills. So, I mean, and, and we have the added layer of being able to work with, um, you know, like a psychotherapist, therapists that are have a place within the school because I mean mental health is also such a big thing with our kids these days um, people sometimes forget that these kids are you know coming from so many walks of life and dealing with so many elements at home that um, mental health is a big thing too so um, our district is very good about having layers upon layers that can help support the kids not just from a social skills standpoint but from a mental health standpoint as well and I, I think Sometimes that's an element that's forgotten and put in the backdrop of, um, you know, when we're talking about kids and their development too. I, I, I like that you brought that up because I have somebody coming on in December about children's mental health. We're always talking about the adults' mental health, but we're not talking mm -hmm. about the children's, yeah. you know? They they were affected too when COVID came, you know, they, they school, uh, online school learning, mm. you know, uh, going to school, not going to school, doing this, doing that, going to yeah. a different school because of different rules and regulation. You know, there was a lot mm. put onto the children. So yeah. do you feel that your books help with mental health as well? 
I think reading is, is therapeutic in itself. I mean, it puts you in a place where you're kind of um, detach yourself from realities of things and you're living the life of these characters. You're living, you're going through the experience of these characters that you're reading about. So, I mean, a lot of the kids, they will kind of relate that to how video games are. You Like you, they play the video games and they're um, going through the experiences of the character that they're playing. And, you know, books are just another uh, form of art in that way where, you know, you have these characters and you're having the kids go through those experiences. And that, in a sense, can be therapeutic. Reading uh, literature in that way is therapeutic in itself. It helps relax and um, deregulate things in terms of feelings and, and calming down anxiety and things of that nature. So, I mean, there's elements in there also when you talk about literature and reading and things like that that play a role in trying to um, be able to, you know, deal with some of the mental health is issues and, and, and concerns that some of the students, you know, even children, whatever they come from, children may be dealing with and struggling with. Yeah, I, I, and I think art is a way of children expressing themselves, right? Because we do that with adults as well. We mm -hmm. use art, right, to express and to release. Uh, now, do you have any future plans for Harold? in the hood uh, or, i am like, where's um, girl going like where, where can i find this cute guy man like i, I swear i'm gonna put him on a dating site like and i'm gonna be like i'm, I'm gonna be hitting him up like <laughs> well um i am um once i finish my doctorate and get that out the way i it's that's been taking so much of my time um, just getting to the point, you know, because you have just not a dissertation, you have to do the PowerPoint and have all that aligned and with the kid committee members. So it's, that's a process with themselves. So I think um, I was thinking of uh, beginning to flesh out the story for the fourth installment. Um, I'm not too sure what that'll completely look like in terms of what the lesson will be, but I was definitely going to be diving back in and getting to um, the fourth installment and, and um, it'll definitely be something that will touch upon another social lesson that kids can understand and learn from and have it still be vibrant and colorful and, and things of that nature and, and hopefully entertaining at the same time. And, um, you know, hopefully families, communities and families will like the new installment as well as, you know, I move forward on that. I think you should put Harold in Canada. I, I just, <laughs> it's, it's just a hint, hint. <laughs> you can come and see Miss Liz. We can have tea together. Like Harold, come Harold in the hood. My God, like take me on a date, man. <laughs> okay, well, I want to get into the tea with you, Jim. Miss Liz has got to calm herself down. Like uh, I, I think I'm, I think I'm in love with Harold in the hood. <laughs> Hey, it's always good. I, I mean, that's what it's about, inspiring people and, and across the world and stuff to be able to understand that, you know, they're special and they're, everybody's unique and special in their own way. And, and everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. Um, Sometimes people may not know exactly what their purpose is right away, but I mean, life experiences can lead you in the direction to know exactly, you know, get to where you feel like, okay, and I know this is what I'm led to do. This is my purpose and what I'm supposed to do. And I mean, it, took me a while to kind of get to that on that path and things. But once I uh, figured it out, I said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be mentoring the youth. I'm supposed to be, um, you know, making these books. I'm supposed to be doing things that inspire the youth the worldwide to be, you know, understand and love themselves and be the best versions of themselves that they can be, be a better person each day. As I tell my students. <laughs> well, and I think, I think that's where your passion is. Yeah. You can see the passion in, in the stories and that as well. So hmm. I want to ask you, if I give you the letters T-E-A, what three words would you give me? Because I'm going to get you to do some homework or I'm going to get my <laughs> L ready and send you back to class. <laughs> you're, cut, you're cutting out your paper L right now to give it to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, 
do have scissors here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, T I would say is definitely teaching and um, that can definitely correlate to the social skills that I teach. The lessons that I teach and do, go with the kids and deal with that. Um, definitely E could be education or educator. And I take great pride in being an educator and, and working in the public schools and being able to be in the trenches day in and day out and, and share with the kids their experiences and help them navigate their days and um, deal with all the elements that they're dealing with in terms of what it might be mental health or having academic uh, issues and concerns and things of that nature. I, I just love being able to be in the trenches and be able to help the kids and steer them and hopefully give them guidance. I always say advice is only good if you take it. I mean, I give you advice. It's only good if you take it. So sometimes they take it and sometimes they don't. And later on, I was like, oh, yeah, Mr. Price, I, I probably should have listened to you when you said that. When you gave me that advice, I probably should have listened to you. So, I mean, it's just and I also would say um, with the A, it's action because, I mean, you, you have to put forth action. I mean, it's good to have words and, and things like that and share like, okay, yeah, advice is only good if you take it, but also, you know, showing the kids through action that you care and you're concerned about their well-being and, and that you want them to nurture themselves in a way that they can grow positively and, and, and you know, just become good, outstanding young adults, as I like to say to them. You know, you, you know if you're and if anything else, at least be a good citizen. Be a good citizen when you get older. Be a I good citizen. Be a good example. Yes, 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 yes. So, Jim, what do your children think of your books? Um, they actually think it's pretty cool. Like they, um, uh, it's interesting because kids are so curious and everything. So I don't really always talk about a lot of the stuff. You know, I like I keep a couple books around, and like they have a copy, a few copies of the book in our library at school and stuff. So the kids will go by and see that and stuff like that. But I don't really talk about it too much, you know, with them. But they um, apparently they find out on their own about me. It's like yeah. I, I saw your book on such and such and this and that and the other and uh, you know and uh, oh man I'm like okay so and then they, yeah you were on the news and so how'd you know that like <laughs> I didn't tell you anything about that like so but the kids actually they actually get a kick out of it and I do a lot of incentives with the, around the book with the kids in school so like um with my sixth graders um I might I do incentives where hey if they done whatever good grades for uh, the period, marking period, I'll come and do a read aloud and then I'll um, get like, you know, little wristbands that have hair from the hood and buttons and little things like that. You know, little th things that, you know, they're little, but to them it means a lot when I'm sharing those things with them. Um, and, and they return the love to me too, because I'm a big lover of the cereal Cocoa Puffs. So every morning I'll be at school, I'll, I'll try to have me a, a little small bowl of Cocoa Puffs. So now the students know, and they'll be, if they know that the breakfast in that morning has Cocoa Puffs, they'll actually bring me them. They'll be like, hey, uh, I'm stopping by to see you. Here's some Cocoa Puffs. Like, they're like, that's so nice. You guys just help me out here. Give me some Cocoa Puffs. I think it's pretty <laughs> fun. You know, it makes me want to go back to being in school again and yeah. running up to, you know, Mr. Mm -hmm. Mr. Price, can I get some Cocoa Puffs? Yeah, <laughs> I keep a little stash and then I let the kids, sometimes the kids will be like, I'm, I'm hungry, I want a little snack or something. I'll be like, here, have this. And they'll be like, okay, cool. You know, so it's not just, you know, about me. It's also about the kids too. But it's nice that they learn about sharing and showing empathy by, you know, coming to me and saying, hey, we had Cobra Puffs for breakfast this morning. I know you like them. Here's some. Here's a few for you to have. Like, 
I, th I think it's cool. And I think that it's cool that the, your students know that you like Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's and if my... they don't know, they can watch Tea Time and they can see that you like Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> what are you getting for Christmas there, Mr. Price? You're getting Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> yeah, maybe some of my staff members, they'll be like, yeah, we're going to get you a big box of Cocoa Puffs and bring them in. That'll be your uh, secret Santa gift or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I want to get into your favorite color. Your favorite color is blue. Yes. Why? I just like the, I, I guess for me, it's, I just always grew up liking blue. Like if you think about the blue skies and stuff like that. Sometime when I was a kid and I'd be outside, like now the days, the kids don't really go outside and play. Like everything's inside. Everybody's doing video games on their cell phones and stuff. But when we grew up, we were outside. Like we were enjoying the outdoors. We were playing kickball, volleyball, whatever, wiffle baseball. It'll touch football like we were doing it all outside. And sometime uh, when I was a kid, I would look at the sky and look at how like beautiful the, the scenery was in terms of the blue sky and the clouds and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not saying I would do it all the time, but it just gave you a different perspective on things. And I think that kind of steered my liking toward blue and stuff like that when I would experience those things. I'm growing up, even when we were younger and before they even had like that, I'm probably really telling my age, but before they were <laughs> put, put a lot of the courts, like we didn't really have, a, growing up, we didn't have a real basketball court around the air until like a little bit later. So we all like basketball. So what we would do, we would have milk cart, a big, uh, those milk cartons, carts, we cut out the bottom of the milk cart thing. Um, that would have the milk in it, and we would like put it up somewhere, and we would have the milk cart be our basketball hoop, and we would play basketball with that until they, you know, the neighborhood actually put a basketball court up and everything in our area. So, I mean, a lot of those childhood memories and stuff just always have stuck with me, and I think that's one of the things that even I tend to do today is like, you know, just um, look at the the wonders of of um, of you know, the things that we see and things like that in terms of the clouds and the sceneries and how up here, you know, the fall weather, how it changes the leaves and colors and all that stuff is so beautiful. Um, and I think being able to connect with nature in that way helps you become a, uh, be a well-rounded person as well and, and can help in a lot of ways therapeutic too. too. <laughs> I, I think it's the different flows of the blues, right? Yes. I, yeah. And that's what I kind of figured. I was like, oh, he likes blue. So you see, I got all the different skies oh, going on here. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> got the blue. We got the, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, I always try to wear the colors of the guests. So that's why, that's why the question is there. And I, colors also tell us a lot about a person. You know, sometimes yeah. they can bring back a memory, uh, a special location, hmm. you know it brings back stories right and yeah. i always like to dig deep i like i like going deep with my guests and i like to know why they like certain colors and certain mm. words and stuff like that yeah now, i asked you to give me one word to describe yourself do you remember what word you gave me oh my goodness um, I'm, I'm gonna see if you remember i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> i think i was oh my goodness see i'd be so caught up in a lot of the dialogue <laughs> It's like I just took you on the next. I told you I don't follow the trends. Mrs. is over here, Jam. I would, over there. I, I would definitely say if I was a word to describe myself, would definitely would be resilient. If I were to say there's one word to describe myself, I know that's not the word I chose, but <laughs> at least that could be a close number two. No, that is the word that you chose. So oh. you did good. You oh. Did good. 
Okay. <laughs> so there's no cutout Al going out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> But see, this is yeah. how we have to engage with each other, right? We yeah. got to use words. We got to use storytelling. Yeah. Get the conversations going. Get the open dialogue going, right? Yeah. So you gave me the word resilient. So why resilient? I mean, um, I think my life overall has been a, a prime example of being resilient and stuff like that. You know, you grow up and um, you you have to deal with a lot of elements of poverty and, and gang, street gang violence and things that you hear, drugs and guns and all this stuff that happened in the inner city communities and things like that. So being able to persevere through a lot of that and, and be able to grow and nurture myself in a way. And I think my parents have a lot to do with that as well. Cause I mean, they were always um, Christians within the church and things like that, especially my mom. Um, and they always would nurture those ideas of, you know, wanting to make good choices and, and be a, a person of, you know, good standing and, and understanding that you can be in the world to help others, being helpful to others, being help, showing others empathy and things of that nature. So I think that, resilience and it showed me a lot of things and and going through those experiences and growing up and then as i got older of course you know um going to college and things that they experience and all the things in college how that entails because they always say like um you learn all these things in college but it doesn't really always prepare you for the real world which i definitely with as an educator um i can speak highly on that like you know I, i've learned so much many things but a lot of the um, lessons sometimes didn't always um, gravitate toward the actual experience when you're in school and you're actually in front of the kids and you're going through the experiences and you're dealing with uh, whatever the situation may be and try whatever if there's a crisis or whatever it might be but you know just going through those rigors so I think a lot of those things shaped me to be the way I am today and I'm grateful for all those experiences because I mean I definitely wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't if it wasn't for all those experiences. Well, what I really like about your collection, Jim, is you got Harold in the hood, and you talked about the the violence, the gangs, and, and and shooting and stuff like that. You actually made something positive out of what people consider the hood, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. look at the hood and they're like, "Oh, that's like where all the gangs are. That's where the shootings that you know, mm. that's where the drugs and all of that stuff and crime is." But mm. you actually took the hood and changed it into a positive. Yeah perspective yeah. and, and i think that's what i really like is you gave the children a different perspective of the yeah. word hood mm -hmm. i think that is very true and i and even with in the with the elements of hood too i mean we always look at things you know neighborhoods and our hoods too and you know wherever you come from you're going to come from some um place or community where you know people are connected and things of that nature and families are raising their families are raising kids and things and, and experiencing different experiences in their lives. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just always a tremendous blessing to be able to um, create something that connects people together and things of that nature. Have some people have an understanding of each other, especially when you talk about um, accepting others' differences and things of that nature, and diversity and inclusion, and what those all things really mean in terms of us all, you know, getting along and learning about each other and understanding each other so much better. You know, that makes the world a better place. I think it's, and that's the message we need to get out is, you know, accept one another. Yeah. Stop trying to change everybody, you know, stop mm. putting everybody in the same box. Yeah. We're all made different for a reason. We all have a different shine, a different mm. sparkle. You know, mm. one might glitter a little bit more yellow than the next one. Like, mm. you, you know, like, I think we really just need to start accepting people. And that's where the real yeah. diversity comes in is when we start accepting people for who they are, not for yeah. what we want them to be, but who they are. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're almost at the end here, Jim. You you almost last a whole hour with Miss Liz. I don't know how you did it. (laughs) (laughs) But Jim, I want to get into the animated pilot that you told me before we went live. You said that there's something coming with Harold. So let's get that good news out there uh, so people can look forward to it. Yeah, so um, I'm currently in production, uh, putting together an animated pilot episode um, that would be, be will be based off the book one. So this it's just going to be you know a pilot episode to see how it does and stuff like that. And um, it's going to take a little time, but uh, it should be coming out soon. And I'm I'm just very excited about that project because I've always felt like you know Harold, you know I'm a throwback person in terms of cartoons and that would that be a prime opportunity to really um, showcase that in terms of my experiences and what I feel is you know, a part of my journey and purposes in terms of accepting um, the old school and paying homage to all the old school cartoons and things of that nature. So I'm definitely looking forward to that project coming out. I, I'm so excited for you. You got to keep me posted because I want to know where Harold's going. I want to know if he's coming this way to Canada. Like, <laughs> you know, so, can you share the titles of the books so that people can go out and grab them and oh, yes. find you all that good stuff? Like, oh, yes, definitely so. Start getting um, Nobody's got Harold. Harold belongs to Miss Liz. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have copies of the book here. This, well, you probably can't really see it too well, but um, this is, um, well, Probably too, but that's my first book, um, Harold from the Hood, A Trip to the Park. Um, that's my first book. Um, my second book is Harold from the Hood, Friends Like Different Things. And my third book is Harold from the Hood, Fun Time, Lunchtime. And they can all be purchased through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart Online. And or you could just visit my website, Jim Price Books Education, and all my coloring books and all the books are um, featured there too. And and you know a lot more information about myself is there as well. So um, those are the platforms that you can buy the book. And of course, it's an ebook as well. It's an ebook um, format as well. So I mean, I, I really try to just cover the gamut and and cover all the bases they say in terms of um, the books and stuff like that, and having that social skill. Um, building series just grow and nurture itself to you know become what I envision it to be. <laughs> so, and Jim, you also have a podcast, a radio show, I believe. Or yes. On a radio show. Yes. And also, there's a, a spot on your website where people can make donations. Do you want to share mm. a little bit about that before we wrap up? Yes. So, um, of course, with the podcast show, it's an educational show, and it's about talking about the the struggles or, or the concerns and issues that the, the are, are within the educational system within the states and things like that. So we talk about a plethora of things and it gives educators a platform to be open and honest about their things in a safe environment to be able to be tackling issues that are concerned with education in the United States. And as far as the donations, the donations are a part of the process of where I you know get things in terms of helping with the production costs for um, the animated series and things of that nature. And then also um, helping with my program, uh, Children Learning Social Skills Through Literacy, which is my program where I do, um, you know, PNR, uh, PNR work and, and read, um, speaking engagements and things of that nature. So um, a lot of the donations help toward a lot of those uh, projects too as well, because I know uh, as an educator, we don't get really uh, compensated that much. So um, it's always good when people are reaching out and, and making donations to help me with the different projects and stuff like that that happen, especially with the animation um, and things of that nature too, and with the programming. 
So, Jim, what is the message that you want all of the viewers and listeners to know about these books? Um, it's all about unity and togetherness and accepting others' differences in, whole, in a wholehearted way um, and understanding that each of us are unique and we all have our own um, special gifts and qualities that make us unique. And I, I think it's so important when you can show empathy and, and share concerns about others and, and be doing it in a way that's really um, realistic. In, in terms of like how you connect with others and how you respond to others and how you um, put yourself in other people's shoes to try to understand their feelings in terms of when you're interacting with others. So I think that would be the biggest message for me um, in terms of the viewers and stuff like that, in terms of that, my message. Well, I really, really enjoyed this. You know, you took me down down the old path of old childhood memories. I'm telling you, <laughs> we need to really just keep these alive, right? We really gotta just, so for the viewers and listeners out there, just bring it back, bring back the old ways. The old ways were fun, you know, get in the mud, play in the mud, jump in the mud, play in, play in the puddles, you know? Uh, so you said book four is coming out that you're working on, right? It's not out yeah. yet. It's not out yet, but I haven't putting, I'm putting, I've been putting the framework together for it, you know, and I actually, some of my students have been asking too. Um, and I would be like, I can't tell you guys that. And then I'll be like, it's winning time. That's what I'm about to win in the game of Uno. I will win and stuff. I'm like, here, here's your path here. Dig in this bag and get your, get your, take, you can have, I have a big L, little L, whatever you need. I got it. You, you can put, pick whatever you want and stuff. They'd be like, yeah, you know, but that's what I was, it's winning time. So, I mean, <laughs> So we do have a question about Uno. How old yeah. were you when you played your first game of Uno? Oh my goodness. Wow. That is a great question. Because me and my mom, we used to play. She was actually when we were kids, she was when she was um going to school, she would um have like all her books and stuff all draped all over the kitchen table because she was studying and stuff. So, she, you know, we were kids. We want some attention. So that would be her way of giving us attention. She'd be like, okay, we'll play some Uno. We'll play. So I probably was like eight, maybe seven, six, seven, eight, maybe younger, a little bit about in that age bracket when we first started playing Uno with my mom and stuff like that. And then she'd be like, oh, well, I played now. Now let mommy study. Let mommy study. Like, let mommy study. <laughs> But that's, I, I think that was a bonding time for parents back in the day, right? Where they played games of cards with us. Yeah, I that do the was, same with my daughter too. We got communication, right? How we learn numbers. Like I learned how to count numbers with cards. Yeah, yeah. My mom would go through the flashcards with us and do all that stuff. I mean, I do all the games with my daughter too. I, I let her win sometime. We'll play like Trouble, Uno, Dominoes, whatever it might be. I let her win sometime, but most of the time I let her know, hey, you got to learn. Agony defeat. <laughs> Learn. You gotta get the L. <laughs> <laughs> I love that concept. I, I'm gonna pull that with my grandkids. I, I'm gonna get them to play a board game at Christmas time, and I'm gonna get my cutout L's, and, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Miss Liz, where did you get that?" Ah, uh, I tell you. <laughs> They'll definitely. Well, get I had an incredible time talking with you, Jim, and I Thank am you. so glad that you reached out to be on Tea Time because we need more stories like this out there. Again, yeah. Christmas is coming. Get some books for the kids. Let's really start reading and spending some time, quality time, reading out loud. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be really cool. And if you ever get Mr. Harold the puppet, uh, -uh <laughs> like uh, I'm, I'm gonna make a pop, uh, like a popsicle stick puppet, but. And a sock puppet. I need to get a sock. I need, yeah. <laughs> I have these, these beagle eyes that are in my drawer over here, my crap drawer. And yeah. I don't know what to do with the eyes. But now I know what to do. I'm going to make some sock puppets with the Yeah. Puppet. 
That's a good holiday. Uh, how they say a stuff a stocking stuffer. Make right. some sock puppets. You stuff them right on in there. <laughs> what are we doing? We're stocking. We're stuffing stockies in a different way. Right. <laughs> we got attitude, character. <laughs> I really want to thank you, Jim, for joining me. Thank you for having me. And listeners and everyone who sent a question in. Without you guys, I couldn't do any of this. And I just have a blast with my guests all the time. (laughs) So if you'd like to see all of these tea times, check out Miss Liz's YouTube channel. Give it a quick little subscribe and ring that doorbell and you're going to be notified all the time. If you'd like to know more about the Tea Time guests and that, you can check out the website as well, www.misslizesteatime.com. All the guests are there. You'll see them in the upcoming events and you'll also see them in the podcast section so you can check that out you can check out the collaboration and support as well some of the guests are in there as well who have collaborated with miss liz and i will be back next week for the last three teas of november and then we're going to jump into december and we got seven and then it's reunion time and you know reunion time is always nice because the guests get to meet each other during that time so we get to switch and collaborate and do all that good stuff. So until then, I will see everybody next Thursday, same time, same place, 10, 3, and 7 p.m. Eastern Center Time with three new TEAs. Until then, thank you guys and have a good weekend.